Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Coronavirus Money with Clay podcast. And once again, yes, you just heard about the coronavirus. If you are anything like me, you're probably fed up to as much as your sanity allows you to take in terms of hearing about the coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. So I want to talk about it just because there reaches a point where things just spin out of control and it bleeds into all areas of life, even financial aspects. And that is what's been happening over the past uh, really couple of weeks, but more so the past week, things have really gone off the deep end. And a little context for maybe some of you that listen and aren't familiar with the other business that I have, but that business is heavily reliant based around the financial markets, the stock market in particular, And yes, the stock market has been crazy. And I just want to kind of just hit the pause button and approach this coronavirus thing from a a more so financial perspective. Of course, health is the ultimate attribute of anything that you want to be focused on. But setting that aside, I want to just focus on more so the financial uh, part of things. And like I said, mainly the stock market because this is what... Even, you know it gets bad when the stock market starts to make headline news on a routine basis, and it's reached that point, and it has a lot of people scared. It has a lot of people panicking. I mean, when you read headlines, stock market collapse, stock market crash. Uh, You know, I saw one thing that said, you know, stock market crash, you know, uh, the the biggest bear market, and like, you know, something about unlike anything since 1835. And I'm thinking, 1835? I mean, that was... You know, that was like 30 years before the Civil War. What? What? And everywhere you look, coronavirus, 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 and panic all over the place. And a little bit more context. This is, you know, I'm, I'm not the oldest person where I can't sit here and say that, and I've been through many market crashes before, and this is what you have to do. So I can't say that, but I can say that I've been through a pretty nasty one, which when looking in the history books, a pretty big one, known as the 2008 financial bubble, financial collapse, when things got really, really bad. And that included real estate. I mean, foreclosures all over the place. It was a pretty crazy time. I mean, people were literally losing their homes and you know everything. The stock market was crashing. The real estate market was crashing. Oil was just skyrocketing in price. Very, very scary times. But you know what I did? I thought, you know what? Let me just keep calm. Let me think through a few things. And at that point, I didn't go into the stock market. I, I, did, I, I chose a different route. And that's when I really started to go heavy into real estate. When everybody was panicking, real estate was the dumbest thing ever. You better not be doing real estate. And I was buying real estate. And I can say that, wow, where does time go? I guess about 12 years later, give or take. Well, I guess I suppose I got in more so during 2009-ish, 2010. Uh, But my real estate portfolio looks very, very nice. Was it necessarily easy to do? I'm not going to use the word easy because when all you see headlines, news, social media, everywhere is just carnage, bloodshed, Stock market crashing, real estate crashing, you know, everything's going down the drain. 
who you know hit the the the, the toilet uh, handle. Everything's flushing. Uh, you know, and just the end of the world. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it was perfectly easy, but like I said, when you stop and just think things through, it's very again. I don't want to say easy, but it can become, uh, you know, it can become a more rational and a more more logical decision to make in regards to you know these financial matters. So when we come to the coronavirus here, I, I just want to break down a, a few things, and you are more than welcome to do more research on it, but. The backbone that I want to use, kind of the baseline is, is the swine flu. So my first question to you would be this. When I say swine flu, does that mean anything to you? Does that have a prominent memory in your mind? For me, I yeah, I, I, I remember it. I, I, I recall hearing about the swine flu, um, but I, I, I really can't say I have any vivid memories of it. On the flip side, the financial crash, the real estate crash back in 2008. I definitely had vivid reminders. I remember being in Kansas City where I used to live and I remember when I was still at Honeywell and I'd go home and watch the, the you know the TV and I specifically remember watching it in the TV out on this back porch where it was not a back porch, it was outside. It was an enclosed porch, but that's where we had the TV because we were still getting moved in and we were getting things you know set up. And I still remember, you know, just a crazy, crazy day and thinking, whoa, wow. Vivid, vivid memories of some of those big situations. Contrast that with the swine flu. And I I can't say that, and I'm trying really hard. I can't really say that I have any sort of vivid, vivid memories of it. Or in other words, yeah, well, it was a thing in the news but it was not the mass, histori- mass hysteria that coronavirus is right now. Here's a little interesting dynamic about the swine flu. Worldwide, 500,000 people died from it. Let me say that again. 500,000 people died. As of right now, coronavirus, I don't know what the up-to-date numbers are. But let's just call, and I'm pretty sure I'm erring on the side of caution, 10,000 worldwide deaths. Okay. You know what? Let, let's just, let's just, let me err even more so on the side of caution. You know, what just dawned on me. I, we have this fascinating thing called the internet and Google. So, you know, why not just bring up a quick uh, stat r- real quick? So never heard of the site, but pretty impressive. Worldometer, Worldometer um, is uh, apparently running a real time thing. Uh, quite literally, it's up to date to the minute. And as of right now, we're at, okay, remember, what are we contrasting this to? Swine flu, 500,000 worldwide deaths. Coronavirus, as of right now, deaths, 4,979 worldwide. So let's just call it, let's just round that up to 5,000 at this point. 500,000 compared to 5,000. All lives matter. That's not the point. I'm not trying to say that. Oh well, you know these five thousand lives don't matter. I mean, that, that's nobody. Nobody wants to see that happen. But do you see the difference here? And then you compare that again. What is your recollection of swine flu? Do you do you, do you remember seeing it all over the place? Social media news, stock market crashing. No, I am very familiar with the stock market, and I can assure you, the swine flu did not cause a stock market crash like we're experiencing right now. I, that is something that I could speak with a great amount of confidence to and a great amount 
of um, you know knowledge on because like I said, my other business is heavily, heavily revolving around the stock market. And no, there was never a stock market crash because of the swine flu. Now maybe you know the market pulled back a little bit. Maybe the price, you know, the market had some down days. But there's a massive difference between a stock market collapse and crash compared to a few down days. So here we're looking at something where the stock market is crashing. Everybody, everything is just going down. Yet it's at 5,000 deaths compared to 500,000. Here is what you need to realize. I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories. I have my own thoughts, but I won't get into that here. But let's just let's just break down the, the the functioning here of what's going on. So who is always talking about the coronavirus? Who? Well, the news, right? The mainstream media. Who would that be? ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, CNN, MSNBC. All, all those companies, you know, and, and this has nothing to do with right, left, no politics. But who is always talking about it? Well, like I said, the media. But who are those companies? Meaning, are those charities? Are those nonprofit organizations? No, they are all for profit. Think about all the newspapers, all the online websites, everything, any sort of news source whether that be, like I said, you turn on cable news or you turn on just your ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox to watch your news, or you're just searching around online. What are, are those those online companies, newspapers? Are those charities? Are those nonprofit organizations? No, newspapers are for profit. Okay, so we've established a fact, and I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence, but let's think rationally through all of this right now. So we know that all these sources, newspapers, online you know, newspapers, the news, the mainstream media, well, they're for profit. They need to make profit. They're beholden to shareholders, meaning, you know what? If they want to keep growing as a company, if they want to keep their shareholders happy, well, they need to generate profit, right? They need to make money. All right, well, how do you make money in the world of media? Well, like anything, how does a movie make money? How does a TV show make money? Well, well, you, well you need a lot of people to watch, right? You, you need a lot of eyeballs. Same thing with all that, right? If, if those media companies want to maximize their profits, maximize their revenue, they need people to, well, View them, right? They need people to watch them. Okay, so that brings up the next question. How can we get people to watch them? What can we do to get others to want to pay attention? Oh, oh, really? There's there's this virus thing? And yeah, it started off pretty small. And, you know, in comparison's sake to, again, swine flu, it's still super, super small. But I, but I noticed that such and such talked about it. And then those other people talked about it. And then the, them over there, they talked about it. And oh, wow. Yeah, you know what? They're, they're, they seem to be getting a little bit better ratings. Huh, maybe people, I mean, I guess that makes sense. A virus kind of freaks people out. Always kind of weird when you, you can't really see what's going on because it's all happening at a microscopic level. You know what? Why we should probably talk about it a little bit more. And then somebody else, oh, wow, now they're talking about it? Oh, wow, hey, they just, they just kind of stole some of our ratings. They just stole some of our viewership. I guess people want to hear maybe a little bit more about that. 
And all of a sudden, you have people talking more and more and more and more about it. Like I said, I have my theory on why this is going on, but I won't get into the why, or at least my opinion of the why, but let's just face it. Right now, we have a media-manufactured crisis. Media-manufactured. The world is not on the brink of turning to a zombie apocalypse. Do a little research on the coronavirus. Again, those 5,000 lives, nobody wants to see that happen because that, life, uh, life matters, but... 5,000 compared to 500,000. But you do more on the coronavirus and you notice, and especially when you dig in, now, first off, if you're an older person, I think, what is it, over the age of 60, and especially if you're over 60 and you have underlying health uh, problems already, then yes, for you, I would definitely say stay at home and wash your hands every 10 minutes. But when you look at the facts, and uh, you know, don't quote me on this, but it, it was somewhere similar that 80% of the people that even get it, so I mean, you have a very low chance of getting coronavirus in the first place, but even if you get it, 80% of people don't won't even really know that they have it because the symptoms are so mild that they're just like, oh yeah, you know, I don't feel quite right, but whatever, I mean, it is what it is. And then they recover and they, they just go on. In other words, they never go to the hospital. They don't even think about going to the hospital. Maybe they, they, they take some sort of medicine Maybe they pop in an Advil or a Tylenol, and that's it. But like I said, I don't want you to take my word for it. Go and research more in depth about the coronavirus. And you hear stuff, well, it's 10 times more deadly than the flu. Okay, well, that still puts you at, a one. I think, I don't know what I saw, like a 1% mortality rate of people that get it. 1%. You know what, let's just do this. Let's just take it, and again, Let's raise that up to 10%. Let's say that it's actually 10%, which is crazy high. The fatality rate of the coronavirus is not anywhere, anywhere, anywhere close to 10%. But let's just say it is 10%. Think about that. That means that you have 100 people standing in line. 100, that's a good chunk of people. 10 of those people will die. Again, nobody, I mean, I wouldn't wanna be one of the 10. I wouldn't want you to be one of the 10. I wouldn't want anybody to be part of the 10. And But keep in mind, we are erring on the extreme side of overblown here, a 10% fatality rate, which isn't even anywhere close to what it is. But let's just assume that, okay, so let's say this thing runs its course and kills off 10% of the population. Guess what? That still leaves 90% of people around. And my question to you would then be, again, thinking through this, Okay, if 90% of people are still around, are those 90% still going to want, you know, to go to the movies? Are they still going to want like cool gadgets like iPhones? Are they still going to want to surf the internet? Are they still going to want to, you know, have a job, be able to get to that job, drive a car? Yeah, I mean, the world will go on. The economy will go on. And the stock market is attached to all of those things. Everything will go on. And again, this is me This is me just talking crazy about a 10% fatality rate where even if 10% of the world population dies, there's still 90% of us here. And those 90% enjoy our lives. I like my life. I'm sure you like your life. I like my iPhone. I'm sure you like your iPhone or Samsung or whatever you use. I'm sure you enjoy going to the movies. I'm sure you enjoy fill in the blank. I'm sure you enjoy a nice coffee from Starbucks. 
That's all going to still remain in place. That's not going to change. People are not all of a sudden going to be like, well, I no longer care about my iPhone. I know I don't want any Starbucks coffee. I don't want to, uh, you know, this, that, or the other. You know, I, I no longer want to have any sort of, you know, electricity. Because again, electricity, that's part of the economy, right? You have utility companies. They provide electricity. Utility companies have stocks. Those stocks are part of the stock market. No, I'm pretty sure we're all going to still want electricity. So again, when you look at it like this, why exactly is everybody freaking out? Everybody is freaking out because everybody keeps talking about it. And they're talking about it because it has caught fire in terms of viewership. And that's how those companies make money. And again, that's just setting, that's half the equation. There's other parts out there that um, I, I think are, are, I mean, it makes sense if you look at the track record of things. But like I said, I'm not gonna go down and get into the weeds too far. But this is a media manufactured crisis. Like I said, mortality rates are not 10%. They are much less than that. We've had 5,000 worldwide deaths compared to the swine flu that's had 500,000. But if I were to, you know, if we were to run a test and we said, okay, we have two viruses that, you know, reach the pandemic level. One had 500,000 worldwide deaths. And I don't, let's just say that swine flu, or let's just say that coronavirus ultimately gets up to 100,000 deaths. You know, I have no idea if that'll happen because we're only at 5,000 right now. But let's say it gets up to 100,000. So we have, well, you know, let's just go even, let's say it gets up to 250,000 worldwide. So, but we don't tell, We, we run an experiment. We don't tell these people, okay, listen, we have one pandemic that, you know, killed 250,000. We have one that killed 500,000. So which one, which, which one do you believe? Which one would have, you know, caused, had more of an effect on the stock market? Which one would have been talked about more by the media? Any rational person, any logical person would be like, well, geez, that one killed double the amount of the other one. So seeing 250,000 versus 500,000, of course the one that killed double the other one would have had more of an impact on the stock market, would have had much more talk in social media and the internet and the news stations, right? That's, would you agree that's the logical, that's the rational answer that you would assume people would say? And they would be, nope, sorry, wrong. Wait, what? What do you mean I'm wrong? This one killed 500,000. That one killed 250,000. What do you mean? It, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes sense when you, like I said, when you plug in the other pictures, but I mean, just on the surface, it doesn't, this is ridiculous. It is full-blown ridiculousness at this point in time. So what should you be doing? Well, when things don't make sense, and when you just think about things, again, let's just go with the morbid thing. We're going to lose 10% of the population. But when all the dust is settled and 10% of the population is gone, there's still 90% of us left. And you know what? At that point, the world will go on, economies will go on, the stock market will go on. So what should you do? Don't sell. If anything, if you can, start buying. In fact, I bought today, and today was one of those days where things got so bad that they actually stopped the stock market in the, in the middle of the day, which is just really bad. But while so many others are panicking and freaking out, please, if you can just take one thing away from this, 
we're going to look back in the history books and say, oh yeah, I remember the coronavirus. Oh yeah, you know, I remember when the stock market crashed because of that thing. And the stock market is going to be higher than where it is. And you know what? If it's not, let's just say the stock market keeps going down and down and down and down. Well, who cares about your money? Why? Because your money's going to be worthless anyways. And the only thing that's going to matter at that point are guns, bullets, and water. Even more so than gold. I mean, in a worst case scenario, if the stock market literally goes to zero, then all that means is the world has essentially ended from an economic standpoint and it's every person for themselves. So I suppose you can have a gold bar, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. If I come at you, are you going to throw your gold bar at me? I, I'll, take, I'll take my guns and bullets over your gold bar. So like I said, but, and, and I'm not saying it'll get that bad. My point is, is you know what? If coronavirus turns into the zombie apocalypse, then okay, fine. Sure, I lost all my money, but do I really care because now all of a sudden I'm a zombie? Like, does it matter? Oh, sure, I lost all my money, but does it really matter? I'm dead. So, I mean, this is a very ideal situation. I mean, like I said, either you think things are going to recover, you think the, the virus will go away, and using the track record of world history, swine flu, measles, mumps, the Black Plague, uh, all, I mean, go through, go through the, you know, get out the history books. How many times has the world seen this stuff? This is not the first time. This is not even anywhere close to the last time with the swine flu and 500,000. We're at 5,000 right now, 5,000. And the stock market is literally crashing and crashing and crashing. Ridiculous. This is the epitome of a buying opportunity. So Clay, I mean, what, what would you do? What do you think you should do? Buy. Buy stocks, diversify. I'm not saying you throw everything in right now, but for example, let's say you have $5,000, buy $1,000 here. If it goes down some more, great, buy another five or buy another thousand. Who knows, maybe it goes down even more, buy another thousand. But the last thing you wanna do is to freak out because right now there's a lot of people freaking out and that's why the markets are going down. And those people, they're, they're, they're gonna be very regretful within the grand scheme of things. So please, Keep your cool. Hopefully this little talk here helped you walk through a, a rational thought process of you know why things are occurring and really how it doesn't make any sense. And you know even if worst case scenarios were to play out, then like I said, either 10% of the population's done, gone. That's okay. There's still 90% here. Or you're dead. So who cares if you lose money? Or we're zombies and I guess I don't know for sure, but I don't think zombies really care about their, you know, their retirement or anything like that. So that's my thoughts on it. Don't freak out, stay cool, and go out there and find and buy some opportunity. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. 
So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com, and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works. It truly does, and I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one-year money-back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.